0: Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday here on this Friday. Now, Sport Market, it's a show that runs on Radio NL, Saturdays from 2 to 6, Sundays from 5 to 9. Host Tom Mayonecht rates and debates the bulls and bears of sports business and takes a behind-the-scenes look at the sports business stories that matter most to fans. Pleased to welcome now to the show, Tom Mayonecht. Tom, how you doing today?
1: Hey, not bad at all, Jeff. Almost a pleasure to be on with you. It uh, uh, looks like it's a Happy Friday in Kamloops, and hopefully we can get some of that Kamloops sun here in Vancouver.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm hoping for you as well, especially as we head towards the weekend. Always love having a little bit of sunshine on Saturdays and Sundays, that's for sure. Let's let's get into some of the the sports news here. I wanted to start with this rookie Gretzky card, because we talked about it not too long ago, about a record sale of this rookie card, selling for $1.29 million. That was the record, but as of this week... Man, it just blew past that. A new record set. The 1979 OPG Wayne Gretzky rookie card sold for 3.75 million dollars in a private sale brokered through Heritage Auctions. I just can't believe this, Tom. How did a card go from being worth 1.3 million to all of a sudden 3 and a quarter million? That is just insane to think about those types of numbers.
1: Well, those are the types of numbers that we're seeing in the trading card industry. uh, You know, which is more bullish than it's ever been. Uh, The numbers are astronomical. A lot of new money has come into it, and people are starting to view some of these cards as assets that they want to have in their portfolio, and that's you know driving the prices up, especially for you know uh, collectors who've got the uh, the wherewithal to. You know, put down that 3.7 million on a on a Gretzky card, but just to show you how hot the market is, Jeff. And we've talked about this recently on the sport market on Radio NL uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. And and you know, this was a card that in 2010, 2011 sold for about 100,000. Uh, in 2016, I believe it was sold for 400,000. Uh, last December, sold as you mentioned for the one point two nine million, which was the first hockey card to ever go across a million dollars, setting that record. And then now here we are, less than six months later, and that same nineteen seventy nine OPG rookie card, Wayne Gretzky in gem mint condition, uh, sells for as you say three point seven five. So that's the evolution over the course of just over a decade on one card. The thing is, it's not just Gretzky's card. We're seeing traction across the board. And we'll have Ken Richardson of Pastime Sports and Games on just talking about his take as to how high this market can go. It's absolutely remarkable.
0: Yeah, no, it is crazy. I bet the guy who sold that card in December might be kicking himself here only getting $1.3 million when he could have got way <laughs> more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you no know, absolutely absolutely it's it but you know what it's like so many things in life i mean there's there's risk um you know we call our show the sport market because it's the stock market of sport and you've got the ups and downs you've got the bulls and bears you've got the uh the high points and the low points and uh, certainly uh there are a lot of very smart investors who say the best deals are the ones that they cashed out on a little bit early maybe didn't get as much money but the risk Trying to hold on sometimes uh, it might be greater than uh, than than what a lot of people think.
0: Well, let's let's shift gears here slightly, Tom. But sticking with the topic of Wayne Gretzky himself. Now, the Oilers, of course, were swept at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. A very disappointing out, end to the season for the Oilers team and their fans. Obviously, expecting a lot more than zero wins in the playoffs when you have the best player in the world. But Wayne Gretzky stepped down from his post as vice chairman of the Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday and his next move now going into the broadcast booth. Turner Sports hired the great one as an NHL studio analyst for when the network begins its rights deal with the league later on this year. Uh, Reports indicate he's going to be making around $3 million per year. Uh, I guess I've I've never really thought of Gretzky as being much when it comes to listening to him do interviews and and analyze things, Uh, but... You know he is the best player of all time, so he's bringing a lot of credibility, I would assume, to the TNT network here as they take over some uh, some NHL broadcasting rights. I guess do you see this as something that really does you know not only bring some credibility to the broadcast, but probably draws a lot of eyes, looking for people to see just how Wayne does in this new role going into broadcasting, something he's never really done before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I see it that way, Jeff. I, I see it as star power. I see it as TNT banking on uh, one of the highest profile, if not the most recognizable icons in all of, you know, hockey history. And you look at what he brings to the table for TNT. And I just want to sidebar quickly. You mentioned credibility. I think that is a big part of this. I think TNT wants to make a statement to its current audiences and new hockey audiences that will be attracted to the network in the United States because they have, Part of the new national US TV rights deal alongside ESPN. That's the one two punch, Mm -hmm. Turner Sports and ESPN. And so the credibility of Wayne Gretzky is significant. And you look at the fact that he basically played and was a presence in the two largest media markets in the United States, the two largest broadcast markets. In North America, you know, playing with the L.A. Kings uh, after that, you know, shocking trade from the Edmonton Oilers, almost like a sale from the Edmonton Oilers. And then he finished off his career with the New York Rangers. So that is a big part of this immediate recognition, immediate star power and immediate connection. Uh, with a lot of fans in the Big Apple and in Los Angeles. I I do think the challenge for Wayne, you know, given how nice, how genuinely nice a guy he is and how he's not used to, um, you know, poking and prodding a lot, at least, you know, in his uh, time retired from the Mm -hmm. National Hockey League, uh, he's going to have to find that balance where he, he needs to stay Wayne Gretzky. He, he he shouldn't need to force feed anything, but he is going to need to push the envelope in terms of, you know, giving praise when praise is due, but giving criticism when it's justified. And I recall the fact that the closest you know uh, Wayne got to that kind of a uh, a role modeling, uh, you know, trying to serve as a lightning rod was in the Salt Lake City uh, Olympics, where he basically. You know, deflected for the team, uh, called out uh, the officials in the uh, uh, Olympic uh, hockey tournament, and you know the result was a gold medal. You know for Canada, it's that kind of edge that he's going to need to bring to the table. Uh, but I do think the credibility factor that you brought out is a real biggie here.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I, like I said, I've never been one to really listen too much to what Ring Gretzky has to say, not because of, you know, who he is, but just I've never really found some of his, his comments to be all that meaningful, but I'm definitely going to be tuned in to see how he performs here on this in this new gig. We'll see how it ranks in, in his uh, life achievements. Is he, you know, as good a hockey player as he will be an analyst, or is he, uh, you know, maybe going down the coach route because he didn't do so well as a guy behind the bench? So we'll see where this ranks in his hockey career. Uh, sticking with hockey, though, the play Playoffs. of course we're almost into round two not quite a couple of series left to go we got game seven tonight between vegas and minnesota we got game six tomorrow between the leafs and montreal after a disappointing uh if you ask me and pretty disappointing overtime as i'm a leafs fan last night but that's besides the point we got the winnipeg jets just sitting and waiting after sweeping the edmonton oilers as was mentioned earlier i got to imagine this is uh Pretty, pretty big advantage right now for Winnipeg, being able to sit and watch and, and wait to see what happens.
1: Uh, you know, uh, uh, players like Blake Wheeler and other Winnipeg Jets can take some time to sort of, you know, uh, 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 you know, heal their wounds, so to speak, as some of them getting hit harder than others, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact is they've got a few extra days of healing to do here, and I think Paul Maurice and the Winnipeg Jets will love it. Uh, they'd especially love it if the Habs find a way on Saturday night to force game seven and put that additional pressure on the Leafs, which is not physical pressure, but certainly mental pressure. And the, you know, you'd still think that the Leafs are favored to come out of that series and then play the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets want the Leafs or the Habs for that matter, as banged up as possible, as exhausted as possible, uh, because the winner of that series goes to the final four in the playoffs. It's a momentous, well, Let's just take a step back. Tonight's game uh, between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild is a biggie. The the, the, Wild, the Wild having a tremendous performance the other night, uh, shutting out the Golden Knights three yeah. nothing. Uh, Vegas heavily favored in this series, but Winnipeg has had quite the season, especially in this. Uh, sorry, Minnesota has had quite the season, especially in the second half. Vegas Golden Knights just don't seem to make things easy for themselves. Last year, they allowed the Vancouver Canucks to push them to the Game 7 before they wound up advancing, and then they lost in that next round. This is a team that's made the playoffs in all four years of its existence. It's already made the Stanley Cup Finals once. But there's a lot of pressure on them to finally bring home Lord Stanley's mug. Uh, The ownership group is putting a lot of pressure on. So that's one to watch tonight for sure. And then the biggest TV audience we've seen in recent years will be watching on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada when the Leafs play the Habs. And it's a biggie, not just because it's the two largest media markets in the country who haven't played each other in the Stanley Cup playoff series uh, in 42 years, you know, not since 1979. And here they are playing in the first game in 444 days uh, in Canada, where mm-hmm. a professional sports franchise or a league has played in front of fans in the stands. Yeah. There will only be 2,500 at the Bell Centre, Jeff, but that will be a big deal. And I think it's also going to drive a lot of TV attention. I think this, is, this could be north of 5 million Canadians, average national audience, watching
0: on Saturday night. Well, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it myself. It should be a, a real fun atmosphere to finally see a few fans in the stands, that's for sure. Not going to be quite the, the scene as we've seen in other places, like in Carolina, right, where they got 15,000, but hey, 2,500 can still make a lot of noise, and I'll be interested to see just what the makeup of the audience looks like in the stands. Will there be a lot of Leaf fans there? I think there probably will be, but we'll have to wait and find out. One more subject to get to. We're coming up on the clock here, but Phil Mickelson winning a major tournament at 50 years old, you know, you kind of want to see some new guys start to take over the golf landscape, but uh, these old guys just don't want to go away. And Phil Mickelson defying the odds of age and and pulling out another major win to add to his uh, trophy collection. I mean, this is. do you think this is a good thing for golf to see these old dogs sticking around and, and continuing to be dominant?
1: You know what? I think net-net, it's a very good thing. I mean, you definitely want to have what I think the PGA Tour has, more and more young athletic stars coming in. I think there's more depth on the PGA Tour right now than ever before. There's certainly more depth in Canadian professional golf than ever before. Uh, so, y- yes, you want to see those young Bucks coming in and and, and asserting themselves like jordan's piece uh, of of the world, but I think it's a great story for casual sports fans it's it, in fact, I know it 's a great story mm-hmm. uh, The way baby boomers and others respond to this it I recall when Tom Watson had his big run uh you know when he was already on the masters tour and he was in the open championship and he came close to winning it. That did a lot for the sport, and it made a lot of 50, 60, and 70-year-olds feel a lot younger. I think that's what Phil Mickelson did last weekend at the PGA Championship. At the age of 50 years, 11 months, he became the oldest major major tournament winner ever. Uh, He's now one of only four golfers, Jeff, who have won uh pga tour tournaments over four decades um the gap from his first uh, pga tour tournament title to last uh, sunday uh, is more than 30 years all that stuff is incredible it's Mm -hmm. his sixth major championship uh, and i'll tell you something i think he's really savoring this one so i think for golf net net it was a real positive story
0: well, uh, Tom, I, I think you're probably right from that, especially from the casual sports fan. Having those recognizable names continue to do good things is going to bring in eyes that wouldn't otherwise be watching the sport. We saw it with Tiger Woods just a couple of years ago, right at the U.S. Open. Same kind of story. So uh, definitely a positive, but I st- still would like to see some more domination, I guess, from some of those younger guys, whether it's the Spies or the Kepkas or, you know, the McElroys of the world, but... Their their time will come, I'm sure. Anyway, Tom, appreciate this as always. Thank you so much for joining me. Look forward to the show here this weekend, and uh, we'll catch up again soon.
1: Hey, and we'll talk a little of Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau uh, tomorrow on the show as well, They're trolling each other in a big way. Never seen anything like it in golf. We'll talk more about it in the sport market on the radio now six ten this weekend.
0: Looking forward to it, Tom. Enjoy your rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Take care, Jeff.